Steve Jobs once said, we're here to put a dent in the universe. Well, FinTech has certainly put a dent in the financial services industry over the past few years. This podcast series focuses on the story of those individuals who took Jobs' advice, the dent makers, if you will. This is the FinTech Five. In this episode of FinTech Five, we are talking with the one and only, you like that? Lisa Woodley. So I work with Lisa here at NTT. She's officially part of the NTT data consulting family now, I believe. Yes, that is correct. And what's your job title? Make one up. Uh, well, I'll give you the real job title. Yeah. Let's go with <laughs> the real one. job title is Vice President Customer Experience, comma, FSI. Comma, <laughs> comma FSI. FSI. Focused on financial services and insurance. So what do you do as the head of experience design? My, my job is to make sure that all the cool tech that gets designed is uh, designed for people. <laughs> it's designed based on how people actually use things and designed to actually solve a problem. So not just a cool piece of tech, but something that's really solving problems. Because engineers design things so well, yeah. right? You know, I married an engineer, so I give them a lot of crap about that. But yeah, they have a tendency to design for themselves. And yeah. this mentality of wouldn't it be cool if... We could do this, which is great. You want that kind of thinking, but you need somebody like me in the room going, whoa, wait a minute. Who's going to use it? How are they going to use it? What problem is it solving? You know, that's the central theme of the show on HBO Silicon Valley is yep. that these engineers, right, they make this application, Pied Piper. It rolls out. All their friends tell them how awesome it is because all their friends are engineers, yep. but no one will use it. Exactly. Because <laughs> they did zero experience. Because they didn't have yeah. a customer experience person on their team. Yeah. And they get, and you know, the running joke was they get ticked off because people don't understand it. And they spend days trying to explain it to people in seminars. Yep. But and that's, and that's, uh, that's my job. If you have, you know, if you have to have a help link explaining how to use something, you failed. Oh, that's a good. I like that. If there's a help link, you're done. Yep. Yep. Well, that, that saves your uh, customers a lot of work and yeah. trial and error. So how did you get into experience design? Uh, my career path has been a long, weird, and winding thing. Uh, so I went to, I have a degree in philosophy and English with a minor in psychology from mm. Rutgers University. Uh, first, I thought I wanted to be a psychiatrist. Then I think maybe I just wanted to see a psychiatrist. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, then I thought I was going to be a book editor. Uh, and then I discovered my first philosophy class and fell in love. And I was like, I have no idea what I'm going to do with this, but this this must be my thing, my major. Uh, I graduated um, and at the time was more interested in making it as a musician in my 20s. So I was in a band, um, designed all of our flyers, designed all of our <laughs> CDs and everything. So design was always there. Um, so that slowly got me to the path of eventually creative director at a marketing agency, where I was purely focused on design. The issue, and no offense to anybody out there in a marketing agency, is they're all about cool ads and winning awards. And it, that really frustrated me because it was it's sort of an empty, meaningless existence for me. I needed to start thinking about how I could use design to help people either work better, live better, whatever. So I started really thinking about not design in a vacuum for aesthetic purposes, but design to solve a problem. And that slowly led me to where I am now. If you do anything in a vacuum, you're yeah, screwed. I mean, true. really. But we do that, especially in banking and financial services and insurance, because that, that all falls under a preview um, at, at NTT and, yep. and our clients. Yep. But we see that constantly, right? The siloed approach that we see repeated over and over and over, and over, and over again. And over I hear, well, our industry is different. We can't look at other industries of what they're doing because we're regulated. And, and you can't think like that. You can't start with the regulation. So as a designer, mm -hmm. 
Who do you like? Let's let's think outside Banky. Let's get outside so our who brands. Yeah, you're talking about? yeah. Who do you think We've really gets it? We've talked about this before. Yeah, that's why Disney, I'm setting you up. Disney gets it. This this is called a softball question <laughs> for our listeners, but Disney does. I agree. Oh, a hundred percent. You they 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 vacuum the money out of your wallet from the moment you get to Disney World until you leave and you thank them for it at the end. Yeah, you actually enjoy it, right? <laughs> yeah. So so the the wristbands. Right? The wristbands. Yep. Yeah. So if you do if you book it end to end, no, I don't have kids, so I've only heard my my friends with kids talk about it. Book it end to end, you get the wristband, you check your luggage on the flight, you don't see it again until you get to your hotel room, and that offers you the opportunity to get there, hit the park, and to be quite honest, start spending money. <laughs> I, don't, I can't remember. There's one of the major cruise lines that's adopting that now. Yep. So they're giving you a wristband. No, it's a it's a pendant. Yep. Might be a real Caribbean. I can't. I'm gonna look that up now. It's killing me. But it's. Uh, I think you wear it as a chain around your neck, and it's their logo. But it's pretty much your pass for the entire cruise, yeah. which is brilliant. Yeah, and they, and they give it to you because then it's you're not, you're not thinking about you're not worried about the logistics, and from it's brilliant from their perspective because the faster you get into the park. The faster you're going to start spending money, the more, the more time you're going to spend spending money, and you're going to be happy about it. And I'm just thrilled that you didn't say Uber, because that would have been the easiest no, go. Uh, and I agree. I'm not a fan of Uber these days, but we won't go into that. A lot of people aren't a fan of uh, <laughs> Uber I'm these days. Let's put it this way. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting how uh, you can't. Everything blends together. Yep. Right. Absolutely. The, the politics are bleeding into capitalism. They are. Even they more are. And more. They're bleeding into design too. I mean, that's the interesting oh, yeah. thing when you look at how design and designers are impacting the the discourse and the dialogue. So I, I'd be remiss, and my my uh, my friends at NTT will jump all over me if I don't do this. So Computer World. <laughs> now she's turning <laughs> pure red. Computer World named Lisa as one of the top 100 tech managers. For 2016, I believe. 2017. For 2017. Yes, fresh. Um, one, I'm amazed I found 100. <laughs> no, I'm very proud of you. 100 but, is a lot. <laughs> yeah, because I've worked in tech uh, a while, and uh, there are some really good ones out there. That was a nice award. It, it was. And can I tell you the coolest thing about the award? It says to me that the tech industry is getting it. The yeah, fact that somebody like me, I'm not a technologist, I'm a customer experience person, the fact that I made it on that list says to me that the tech industry is starting to get that customer experience is tech. It's part, it should be something they're thinking of. So that part I'm pretty excited about. That's a really good point. I like that. <laughs> I, I do like that. And, and I've got to say, you're located in a, you, you know, you work out of New York. Yeah. And you live in Jersey. That's yep. a whole other story. But you do work out of New York. <laughs> I do. So you're in the, in the heart I am in of the, all of this. the heart of the action, yeah. All right. So <laughs> down to the last minute. This is rapid fire. Here we go. You ready? Name of your band is? Currently Blythe Doll. Blythe Doll. Blythe Doll, yes. And that name came from. Uh, so there is, uh, there are different dolls out there for little girls that present those highly unrealistic body images. Um, and then I thought about the word Blythe, and Blythe can mean sort of carefree, but it can also mean carefree at the expense of someone else, carefree to the point that I don't care what I'm doing to someone else. Um, so I put those two together, and it seemed to work. It's pretty good. <laughs> now to really embarrass you, your first concert ever. You went to live was oh I'm seven years old, Sean Cassidy. Oh my <laughs> God! Trust me, her music has nothing God, to do with God Sean Cassidy. God bless my my 14-year-old sister at the time who agreed to accompany me because I'm sure she was not a fan. Sean Cassidy. Sean Cassidy. I was seven. Come on. Okay, not at all what I thought that answer was going to be. <laughs> it's my first. I'm seven years old. Come on. All right, I'm going to completely get away from music, even though you're <laughs> all about music. Your favorite philosopher. 
Uh, so it's interesting because I decided to major in philosophy because Descartes' argument for the existence of God seemed so stupid to me and I couldn't articulate why. And I was like, I have to start taking more classes to learn. Um, but the philosophers that inspired me were Sartre and Camus, hands down. That go. Those were the ones that I was reading before I even knew about philosophy and what it was. But Descartes, the one who inspired me to get good at this so I could pick apart that argument and, and explain why it didn't make sense to me. I love designers. I love experienced designers because they usually have a background that's like psychology yeah. or politics or it's anything but design. Yeah. And they tend to be the best. No, you are. She's, she didn't say anything. I'm saying she's good. Um, where's the easiest place to, to learn about what you're doing? Where should we go? In terms the, of... The type of work you do and your thoughts. Um, Lisa's thoughts. So, well, so at lisawoodley.com is go. my website. So I've got a blog on there. I will admit I don't update that thing as often as I should. But if you come on there, there's a few things there, a couple of links to some white papers that I wrote. So that would so lisawoodley.com. And a plug for the band. Where are you playing next? Give me a so, gig. Uh, so I am going on a speaking tour. <laughs> <laughs> you too, huh? <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm going to be in two countries and six cities in the next six weeks. Um, so it's probably not going to be until June when Blythe Stall has a show. So uh-huh. we do tentatively in June. So you know what we're going to do the next uh, NTT Innovation Summit that we do? We're going to have you all come as the opening act. I'm going to let the <laughs> – <laughs> th- no, you, you could play the after party. How's I'd that? rather do the after party. We oh, need a couple of cool. drinks. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll take care of that. All right, Lisa, thank you so much. All right, thank you.